1: You're now locked into the zone with Diamonds and Roses Podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by baseballism, their America's brand, Big League Two, the official bubblegum of Diamonds and Roses Podcast. And Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. Other hosts, Travis and Traveling Roadshow John are out and about doing things and making things happen in life. So they will be rejoining us soon on this very great podcast that we have. But today, I'm bringing to you live uh, the 2017 Kansas City Royals pick, Josh Mitchell. He's joining me today. So thank you, Josh, for joining. Uh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you on. um, And I appreciate it because, you know, Josh's connection um, with the West Coast is is that he played ball uh, in 2016 for the victoria harbor cats of the west coast league we will get into that momentarily but i want to start off um, and asking josh a few early years questions for him my first question that i usually like to ask my guests is what's your earliest memory of baseball not personally playing but just kind of like something like hey i watched it you know i went to a park with my dad or my, my mom or my uncle my aunt my grandpa we watched it on tv what's your earliest memory of baseball oh man
0: um i think the earliest memory of mine would be my first baseball glove when i was four i remember my grandfather got it for me when i was four years old and after that it was been kind of uh kind of gone from there <laughs> it's kind of Did the you, story was told there
1: do you recall if you like smelled the glove at all just to you know, see what it smelled like and everything. I remember opening
0: it. And I remember it it was in a box too. So I remember I did undid I the wrapping paper and I opened it up and I'm like, You guys got me a box? <laughs> like, I, I, like, I was, you know, it's a little kid. I'm expecting a toy or something or, you know, whatever. And I was a little upset. Then he opened the box and he handed it to me. And I just like, I remember putting it on and looking at it and I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it was. And then it was, soon it became, yeah, I, I it
1: became the staple. I knew what it was after that. <laughs> nice. Now, um, when did you, when did you, did you first start playing baseball shortly thereafter? Is that why you got it as a present, or was it just kind of just for, you know, your grandparents, whoever got it for you, got it for you.
0: No, nah, I started playing shortly thereafter. It started with T-ball and went the whole way through, but, uh, my family's a big sports family is it all is it has always been. So like, that was like the initial start of my uh, sports career in general, just as a kid.
1: So, who was your team growing up?
0: I was a Pirate fan just because I, you know, from Pennsylvania, I was they, their home. They considered the hometown team. I know they're just they were terrible for for a while there. Um, then when I got to, I want to say, got to college, everything started to pick up. And me, you know, going to school at the University of Pittsburgh, it was nice. So they were winning we would go to games some nights i mean it would, tickets were still pretty cheap even though they were winning so it was nice to just go and watch some pretty good baseball
1: mhm now did you do you have a favorite player from the pirates
0: Uh i didn't uh i mean obviously you know when he was there McCutcheon was uh, everyone's favorite he was they always you know fun to watch um exciting electric all that um but if I had to pick one uh, at the time, would have been Mark Melanson. You know, me being a reliever and a closer, it was fun to watch him go out and do his job. He did it every night. It was fun to watch.
1: So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what point in your, your early on career, because you're a pitcher, what, what point early on did you know that this was something that you're interested in wanting to pursue further?
0: So the funny thing is I was actually a better hitter than pitcher <laughs> growing up. And uh, I just threw hard and got away with it but as a hitter it was I had more fun doing that I, I enjoyed that more just being able you know showing up the early BP rounds getting my swing ready for the game and then when the game came it was just second nature but um remember when I was about 12 my dad and I were playing catch in the yard just you know just having a nice little catch and he goes all right you, you can start throwing them a little harder so I threw one, I remember th- reaching back and throwing one pretty hard and him not really seeing it or not seeing it at all. And it buzzed by his head and he didn't even move. I remember him turning and looking and he goes, I just go by my head. And I'm like, yeah, dad, it, it did. And after that, it was like, all right, we're done. I'm, I'm never, I can't play catch you anymore. That's when I kind of realized I had a gift that uh, not too many people have.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember personally, like my some of my earliest times because I used to pitch when I was younger and like my oldest brother, because I had no control at first when I first started. And we're standing, we we're out back of the house, we're standing there. My brother's like, okay, rock back and throw it. And I just threw it and it went right through the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done that a
0: few times too. Don't worry. You're not the only one. <laughs> my dad,
1: my dad was so pissed off at me it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious do you have one uh, yeah. you have one of those you sounds like you have one of those stories. i've got
0: a i've got some uh i've got some golf ball through the window stories i got a football through the window um and one baseball through the window that was uh i hit it it was my fault i blamed it on my little brother but it was <laughs> it was my fault <laughs>
1: So what got you, what got you addicted to baseball? Because there's obviously a, a point in time in everybody's like career early on when you're playing and then you just, all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, this is what I want to do.
0: Um, it was very early on, but I guess the thing that got me addicted was knowing that I'm left-handed, you know, being a left-handed pitch is kind of a dime a dozen. And, um, being one that throws, throws hard too now is even more rare. So um that's probably when I knew that you know I have a gift like I said that not too many people do have and I want to take advantage of it and then just putting in the work every day year in year out kind of like I got addicted to putting in the work and the and the process of you know potentially becoming a you know a big leaguer and working towards that so that was what kind of drew me in and then I've been there ever since
1: what was your high school experience like for you playing uh sports I was <laughs> hectic. You know, I
0: played football, played baseball, I played basketball, and I also golfed in the fall along with football too. So there wasn't uh wasn't much downtime. But it was uh it was fun because I you know every sport, especially in a small town, you're playing with the same group of guys each season. So got real close. Have my you know best of friends are still from they're still the ones I went to high school with and we still stay close, but uh I mean it was hectic. Won a lot of, won a lot of games of basketball, baseball. We were okay. Um, football, we were all right. Golf, we were good, but there was a winning mentality that went on in that high school and it was fun to be a part of
1: what worked for you as a high school athlete for conditioning and training. And what would you do differently now knowing what, you know, hmm.
0: knowing what I know now? Um, there, cause I mean, I was under the impression in high school, and I, this is kind of just trickled down from my dad and my grandfather that baseball players don't really work out too hard. You know, like you got to stay flexible and all that. And then getting into college and pro ball now, I mean, we were you know pitchers are, are some of the guys, are the guys that lift the heaviest in the weight room. So if I would have, you know, that probably would have been um, what I would do. That you know what 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 I would switch up back then as I would lift a little heavier, um, actually not a lot heavier. But um, I would do that focus more on just being more powerful instead of, you know, flexible and stuff like that. But um, what worked for me was just being, just being as active as we, you know, as all of us were, all my buddies running together, all my buddies just, uh, and I just playing every sport. So it's no matter what, we were always in shape. Yeah. we might have to run a little bit more during basketball, but for the most part, we were always
1: in great shape and ready to go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, owners that I've spoken to in the West coast league and some of the coaches that I've spoken to have always expressed having a well-rounded student athlete in high school because of building dirt, different, you know, muscles up having different mechanics Mm -hmm. and so on and playing different sports year round as opposed to playing one builds a better athlete. Do you hold that true? I do. I
0: do. I mean, just being an athlete, being able to, you know, like I I played four or, yeah, I played four different sports. So, you know, growing up, it was, I wasn't just specialized just in one sport. So I didn't really put a whole lot of stress or anything into my arm or anything like that or overdo it, really. I was, you know, I was playing different sports, playing different positions, using different parts of my body, doing stuff like that. So I, yeah, I would like to say I was a well-rounded athlete. And I think when it came down to, when it came time to start, specializing in one thing it just made that easier and then it made me being an athlete you know I could carry that over when I started specializing in one thing that one thing kind of went through the roof
1: at what point were you like knowing in your mind that maybe baseball is the path that I'm going to going to take and going to pursue over some of these other um, sports that you were playing Uh
0: well basketball I'm not very big <laughs>
1: Uh football, I played quarterback. I was pretty good
0: there. Um, football was football was like the first love just because there's not too many other sports like it. And uh my dad was a big football player in high school too, so that kind of trickled down as well. Uh golf, I could hit a ball a long way. Um in high school I wasn't the best putter. Now my putting game is probably my best part of my game. But um baseball was when I, you know, when I started seeing college offers and I started seeing started getting emails and phone calls and people showing off the game saying they were interested. Um stuff like that, because I didn't get those in any of the other sports. But um that was when I was like, all right, I can at least get, you know, most of if not all of my college paid for, you know, which is the main goal was just to get the education. You know, Pro Ball was icing on the cake, and I, I didn't really think about it until the time came. But when I saw when I started seeing college scouts and even some pro show stuff, I was like, All right, maybe I am, you know, a little better than I give myself credit for or an even thought. So maybe this does have a chance to manifest itself into something
1: is there one coach early on in your your baseball ca- career that you remember to this day and probably had one of those bigger influences on you and I'm I'm just talking through up through high school at this point mm.
0: up to high so my dad and my grandpa were always they were always the two guys that coached they were always in my corner so those two for sure
1: what was those it like? Got- ha- what was that like having them as your, your, your coaches? Cause you know, I mean, fan, obviously it's like, they always tell you, don't hire your family. Don't work with your family. It's like right. one of those separate thing. I've had, you know, I had my dad, my brother coach, and I know that there's been butting of heads at times. Um, what was that experience like for you?
0: There's a lot of butting of heads. <laughs> there <It> was, <laughs> but um, it's uh it's a, I think it, it, for me, it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, no matter what you're held to a higher expectation. So there's no, Really no wiggle room or no room for air, which in turn had made me a better ball player. But um, there are some times that you just wanted to smack them. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> just being a family, just being a relative, it's just like you wanted to, you, you didn't feel like you were being heard. You didn't feel like you were, you know, your opinion mattered. So, um, but deep down, you know, as I've gotten older, I know that what they did and how they went about it was for the betterment of me. And it made me into who I am today
1: what kind of leadership at key leadership abilities and aspects and things that you could take away from what they taught you that you carry on till today?
0: Oh, I still do it today to this point, even me being a 26 year old, you know, closer, but, uh, just the biggest thing was, you know, always, they always say, you know, lead by example, lead by example. I really didn't know what it meant because I only knew one way when I was growing up. And, uh, knowing that one way was leading by example, that's the one thing I knew. So coming in, you know, whether it be the basketball practice, football, baseball, whatever it may be, uh, weight room session, whatever, come in, shut up, keep your head, you know, listen, work hard, and just give it everything you possibly can. Those are the three things where just shut up, listen, and work hard. That was it. <laughs> so I carry that to this point. And then, you know, to this day, and if somebody is talking or somebody needs to be put in their place, I don't have a problem doing it you know, it, it, it's, it should be just a one-time thing where, you know, especially coming from a peer, it doesn't have to be a coach or someone of authority, usually coming, you know, coming from a peer is when I took more of a, a notice, like oh, I need to get, I need to uh, get in gear, I need to get in line.
1: So you ended up attending uh, Pittsburgh for your call under, for your collegiate career. Um, yeah. What other schools were you interested in at the time and what other, co- you know, universities or colleges showed interest in you?
0: So there were a lot of schools. So Pitt was honestly the last school to come in to uh the recruiting fact the recruiting game, but the, the other ones were Penn State, um, West Virginia, UNC Virginia, uh, Liberty, Eastern Kentucky, um, Ohio State was a big one in the beginning, and um Virginia Tech. What so was that good I, factor
1: for Pittsburgh? It,
0: it was close. Um uh, my parents would come see me on the weekends. Um, it was the eight, It was ACC baseball. I mean, it's tough to beat. That's one of the best conferences, if not the best, every year. So tough to beat. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to change. You know, I wanted to – wa- I came from a really, really small town in the middle of nowhere, so I was thinking about it, you know. I'm like, I want to change. I want to I experience some city life. I want to see what that's like. And uh, it, was the right, it was the right decision in my book
1: explain that first year, you, you know, you get done with high school, you graduate big man on campus at that point, go into college. Now you're the little guy on campus going into a brand new program with all these people that you've never played baseball with in your career. Unlike in your high school career where you came up through with these guys, what was that first experience like for you meeting your team and so on?
0: It was, um, there were, so that freshman year, we had a lot of seniors and a couple of fifth and sixth year guys. So it was uh, it was different. You know, it was um, I went from a I, like you said, I went from being the big guy on campus to one of the younger guys. And then I'm with grown men. I'm with guys that are getting ready to, you know, start the workforce or go play pro ball or, you know, have serious girlfriends. Think about Mary. And I was like, hey, I, there was like there was a question. And I was like, what did I get myself into? But um, it went well, you know, the fall went really well, at, you know, ending, ended the fall well, you know, went into the, the little Christmas break. Well, I was supposed to be the Friday night starter as a freshman. I went and I put on a show, I, I did my job. Um, I impressed the right people. And uh, unfortunately, um, I ended up having shoulder surgery. Um, in fe- I think it, I believe the date was February 3rd of 2014. You know, everything leading up to it was great. I didn't have any issues. It was just one of those things where one pitch and uh, felt something funny. Then all of a sudden it was downhill from there.
1: Man, that's, that's tough. Yeah. So you end up uh, that summer of 2015. um, You end up playing your first summer uh, for the Victoria Harbor cats of the West coast league. Now, we could jump into that, but before we jump into, into actually being there, um, did you know of anything of the West Coast League at that point in time prior to hearing about going? Not
0: really. Um, I remember the coach saying, you know, list a few of the leagues you want to go to one of our uh, volunteer assistants. at the He's going to set it up. So I listed a few, and I'm looking around looking at leagues. I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to get away. I'm like, it's summer. It's like, you're supposed to have play baseball, have fun. I'm like, I want to go as far away as I can. Where can I go? <laughs> and then there was, there was obviously Alaska. I'm like, I'd rather stay, you know, in the mainland kind of thing. And then uh, I saw the West Coast League. I'm like, bingo, that's it. I'm like, that's where I want to go I made up my number one. And um, it was great. <laughs> he was like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, I'm, I'm down to go play on the west coast i didn't even i didn't even realize there was a team in canada but i'm like i'm down to go play in the west coast and uh you know during my summer in the pacific northwest and yeah
1: then, yeah when did and, you find when did you find out about like hey we got this team in victoria that wants you to uh go and play there
0: the day that my coach said hey you're gonna be a victoria Harbour cat i go and say what <laughs> i'm like i don't remember seeing that team and i was like Oh, yeah, it was at the very bottom. They play for. They play on a uh, small island in Canada. I go, wait a minute, I'm going to Canada? He goes, yeah, make sure you have a passport. I go, ah. Oh. <laughs> I, t- I was like, oh, no. I'm like, all right, fine. So I went and got the passport, did all that. But I was excited. I was uh, looking forward to uh, just throwing them a little bit more, getting some more innings, and just enjoying the summer.
1: Yeah. And did you get a call from, you know, who did you get the first phone call from, from Victoria? about i going believe it was i believe it was jim i believe huh. it was
0: jim swanson yeah i talked on the phone a little bit i was the first player to actually arrive funny as that is so got to meet him face to face uh he was a good guy he's a jim he you know jim he's a fantastic guy and he uh he yep. took care of me in my two seasons there and he was he's really had my back through a lot of stuff and we still stay in contact today actually he came down to Florida a few months or about a month ago and it was great to see him and his wife it was you know, the, I, he'll be he'll forever be, you know, one of my biggest supporters, one of my biggest allies and
1: one of my best friends. He's got a good receding hairline, too. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jim, I'm sorry if you hear this. I'm sorry. He's he baited me into it. <laughs> but, you know,
1: Jim's a baseball guy, you know, through and through. I mean, he's one guy that you, you could sit down and like talk hours upon hours about baseball and I think that guy loses more than about baseball than I know will ever know about baseball Um, Uh,
0: he really does and that's and that's what that's what really made me want to come back for a second season and that story is a whole other story and we'll get into that one but like knowing who I had in the front office there and what and what they could offer for me from just from my baseball experience and how much they really did care about me from the first year because there was a lot of extra stuff that went on, but like I said, we'll get into that, but how much they cared and how much they wanted to actually see me succeed was the driving force of why I went back. And um, when you have something like that, you can't turn it. You, you, you can't look the other way. You gotta, you gotta take that and run with it. And I did and it changed my career.
1: Yeah. I've talked to several of the coaches on the staff there and, they're all individuals who really, really care about the well-being, not only on the field, but off the field of the athlete. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that's the similar rea- you know, reaction that you have, or maybe you want to yeah. add on to that.
0: Oh, yeah, we can add on to it, too. I'll lead into the other stuff, too, but they really do. They, the well-being on and off the field and then, you know, having just coaches that want to win, too. Greg Merritt was unbelievable. man. I, 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 will, I will go to bat for that man the rest of my life. he, uh, You know, the coaches that him, Jim, um, and Joe Fobb, who was the pitching coach, kind of changed my career and brought it back to – and kind of resurrected it, we'll put it that way, because, you know, that next year at Pitt, after after that, you know, 2016 season at Pitt, I got hurt, um, had some setbacks, Uh, the head coach didn't want to bring me back. He told me, you know, I only ended up throwing like maybe four or five innings, and um, the head coach, you know, it was in a nutshell, my, you know, exit meeting pretty much told me, he's like, hey, we're going to, you know, take your scholarship, pulling your scholarship. You didn't, you, you didn't do much. You didn't do anything for us this year, you know? um. So Jim was actually, ironically, the first person that called me the first year for Victoria was Jim. And then I was, the, he was the first person that I called when all that went down. And it was, I go, Jim, um, I got a question for you, man. You, you got a, you got a spot for, you got one more spot for a lefty. And he goes, we've been waiting for your call. So that was the first; those were the words. And after that, it was pretty set on what I was doing. And He was like, absolutely, you know, absolutely, you know. And I told him the whole story. I said, Jim, if you know, I don't think I'm going to go back to Pitt. Can you start, you know, maybe put the word out for some schools that, um, that you know, I could possibly finish my career at stuff like that. And he he did the dirty work. He got there were scouts there at every game, um, and they just they um. You know, he he really put me under his wing, is what it's se- is what it felt like, and took care of me. He always checked in on me, always made sure I was okay. But that whole twenty sixteen summer, just season in general, was I played with a chip on my shoulder because you know I thought I was done. I thought that was being my last hurrah for baseball. Mm-hmm. And I figured why not why not go to the place that treated me so well the first time,
1: and then yeah, you yeah. had a hell of a season <laughs> that year. That summer, I did. yeah, it I was. I mean, uh... records <laughs> a seven and zero a 1.87 ERA had 13 games with nine starts. I mean, 51, uh, is it 50, 51 strikeouts? You had one hell of a season. Yeah. It's
0: it's something, something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats right now and it's just, it's phenomenal. Like, I mean, obviously, like you just said, you you had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, but, Talk to me about like, you know, Jim, this is one side of Jim that I, I know that he has, but it's from yeah. a player perspective. It's a little bit different than a personal relationship that you have personal such professional relationship that you have with him. Um, talk to me about like, okay, so he's working with you that year. These coaches are working mm-hmm. with you. Like what's something that you think that you also took away from that staff and, and that summer that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life?
0: Um, the rest of my life, I mean, self-confidence. Cause I went, in, I went back out there kind of with like my tail between my legs. Yeah. I had a chip on my shoulder, but you know, I was down that, you know, somebody I trusted, somebody who said that I was going to do this and that for them at school kind of had like, you know, backed out and lost faith in me and lost, you know, lost belief in me and, um, to the point where they wanted to get rid of me. So somebody who believed in me and, you know, gave me a little bit of confidence. They didn't tell me what I needed to hear. They, they didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. They told me what I needed to hear at the time. And some of it was harsh, but mm-hmm. at that time I was 21 years old, it was time for me to grow up and move on and figure it out. And I did. And it was the right amount of tough love and arm around the shoulder when I needed it or arm around the over shoulder when I needed it. And, um, he treated me more of as a, uh, as a player, like I said, he treated me more as like a player that almost like his son, that was his son. And he, uh, and at the time it was, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed to help get me back on my feet. You know, that's, that's what he did. He got me back on my feet instead of me just standing there. He got me back running and it was great. It was like, you know, you saw some of the best baseball I've ever played Uh and it was any given night I could have gone out and struck out 10 guys. That's, that's how confident I was. any given night I was going to go out and give you seven innings. Like I had that much confidence in myself and so did they. And when they exuberate it, then I absorb it. Then I exuberate it to my teammates as well. So he gave me that level of belief in myself and confidence that I will always have. And I'll always have that chip. And then if anyone is ever looking for places to play, I always send them straight to Victoria 1st I'm like, you need to go there first.
1: Now, I want to take a quick second for those of you that are listening to this episode, who, but that don't know the West coast league um, it's located in uh, Oregon, Washington, uh, Southwest Canada, and it's actually moving up to Edmonton, Kelowna and uh, a few other places. There's I think five teams right now, currently in Canada, located in Canada and there's other teams scattered throughout um, Oregon and Washington, but it is a, it's just like, if you're aware of it, it's like um, the, uh, Cape Cod league. It's a summer collegiate wooden bat league for athletes like Josh, who was in college or those Trent going from high school to college, um, having that ability to play with wooden bats. Sorry. I just wanted to mention that Josh, just, you know, I mean, there's some people who don't understand, uh, what the right. West coast league is, but let's go back to, let's go back to Victoria. Let's go back to, um, the Harbor cats, um, Wilson's group stadium, beautiful stadium, Great atmosphere from what I hear. I'm hoping to get to experience it next summer. Um, but what was that experience like for you at Wilson's group stadium?
0: It was great, especially when you got little kids painting their face. I had the I didn't I didn't have this beard, but I had a beard at the time and it was pretty thick for you know the most part. But uh it was cool seeing like as I would walk out of the tunnel after getting ready to go warm up and after warm up, walk down the side, and I would see. These kids come running to the front row with their faces painted like a beard. It was great. It was the coolest thing ever. I was, I'm like they, these guys treated me like a big leader when I was really only a 21 year old in college. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you got three, four, five, sometimes six thousand fans in the stands on any given night, it's like this is pretty cool. Like yeah. I, I don't remember a small crowd that I pitched in front, even when we were playing bad, which wasn't too often. But like, I don't remember a small crowd, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just always remember a loud and just rambunctious crowd that actually was baseball savvy, which was the best part. Like they, mm-hmm. they got the game. They understood what was going on and they fired me up a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, do you recall a particular player that you just, in your time in the West coast league that you just loved pitching against, and you just had a little bit of rivalry against, do you recall anybody?
0: <sighs> no, I don't. That's the thing. I, uh, when it comes time to actually pitching like that, and I was in a zone the whole summer. So I really don't remember some of the guys I played against. I remember the guys, I remember, I mean, the majority of the guys that I played with, but not, really don't remember too many of the guys I faced with it, whether they were right-handed or left-handed. That's really all I knew. And it's really all Merit and I focused on. <laughs> really? we
1: like, really like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Kurt Russ, not Kurt Russell, but, uh, oh, um, sorry. I have to edit this part out. Uh, Kevin, are you like Kevin Costner? Like when he, in, like for the, uh, love of the clear, game, like clear
0: the mechanism, <laughs> clear the mechanism. Is that you? Uh, I, I didn't have a saying like that, but usually it was, uh, when I took a deep breath and looked at the catcher, that's all I saw. It was, um uh, I can look back and I can tell you that, but I can't tell you the feelings or like the emotions tied to him. I, I, I just, I would, I was just locked in the zone to the point where I went out and did my job every, almost every, I think I had one bad start in there, but, uh, I went out and did my job and I was so focused on doing my job that nothing else mattered.
1: Yeah. So how do you, how do you think your time with Victoria prepared you for your professional career?
0: It definitely got me prepared. It definitely uh, got me used to living in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that it definitely got me ready for that. But, um, just to playing all the games back to back to back with no, with really no off days. Um, and just embracing the fact that, like, all right, we got a, you know, a nine-game road stand, (laughs) here we go, like, let's Mm -hmm. enjoy it. And then just the the camaraderie that it brings when you're on the bus and just figuring out how to pass time, especially on long bus trips, which, coming from Victoria, you got to go to Mount. Were
1: (laughs) you the Kevin Costner sitting in back of the, you know, playing the guitar, like, in Bull Durham? (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely in the back of the – I
0: was definitely the, the last person on that bus I was also I think the older one of the older guys so I was taking younger kids under my wing I, I I don't play the guitar but I played a lot of cards um I was a dealer a lot and teaching people how to do this um teaching people how to throw different pitches how to do this do that and just getting to know my teammates and that was the biggest thing on those bus rides was getting to know each individual teammate so when it came time to you know if it came time for me to put my arm around somebody or jump down somebody's throat when I needed to, when they, they just needed to kick in the ass, to get going. Like I knew, I knew what buttons to push. I knew where to go. I knew how to let uh, light that fire. And that's what really set me aside as a leader. And like the, almost like the captain of the team was doing mm-hmm. that. And I got, Sorry. and I got a lot of, and I got a lot of that from Greg himself. He kind of like, you know, being a returning guy, he kind of like, you know, I don't want to say like, Gave it to me, but pretty much like, hey, listen, this year returner, you know what to expect. Let's 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 go have a great season. And I kind of took that as I'm the captain. This is my team. And as I go, we go. So
1: Mm
0: -hmm. how would you rate the
1: level of play in the West Coast League?
0: As a league, I think it's, you know, obviously there's the Cape Cod that they're they're a league of their own. Mm -hmm. But I think we're if second, if not third, I really do. I believe it's a it's a great league. And you're playing, you're playing almost like a mini minor league schedule, like games every day, traveling. So I would, I would rate it up there. I really would. Excuse me. There you go.
1: Yeah. So, um, but you, you just, you talked a little bit earlier about not knowing if you're going back to pit, but it's clear you returned to pit. At what did. point did you, what, what point did you know that you're going to return? And did you get that scholarship back?
0: So I ended up, I think it was like the last couple starts of the season, a couple of schools, Hawaii was a big one. I almost, I almost really almost signed to go to Hawaii. I don't think I ever would have left the island either. So <laughs> I probably stayed there for a while, but um, yeah, I got a call from my head coach, one of the games before, prior to a game saying, Hey, you know, we see you're pitching well, we'd love to have you back. Da, 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 da. And I answered it, but I didn't say anything. And I went out and that was actually one of the games I didn't pitch a so lot. And then two days later, he calls me back and says, hey, like, uh, you know, we don't want you – we don't – we we don't. We think we're going to go a different direction. And I go, listen, I'm coming back. I'm going to be your Friday night starter, and I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to be the best player on the team. And he laughed at me. I was like, that was all the, that was all the motivation and temptation that I needed. So I told all those schools I was going to go back and earn the spot, and they were like, all right, you know, you got one more year of eligibility because I got redshirted my freshman year because of my shoulder. They go, something doesn't work out. You can always, you know, use that as a transfer year or a grad year. Ooh, excuse me. But um, so I took that into consideration as well, but I went back with this, uh, with the mindset that I wasn't going to be denied anything. And uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. There was a lot of shit that I had to I had to deal with and all that hoops I had to jump through just to get looked at, just to get an opportunity. And it was nice that I only needed like three classes in the fall, so really my focus was just baseball, and um, and it was proven to myself that I belong. Not so much proving everybody wrong, because that can be a dark path to go down. But proving to myself that I'm good enough, if not better than all these players here, and it so happened that it worked. I I, went, I earned the Friday night stuff, this spot. I I was I separated myself. I I. I prove to myself that i'm the best player on this
1: team and the best pitcher on the staff and it worked yeah you know i not to try to be funny but to quote ted lasso it's like believe you gotta believe and believe i've never
0: seen i've never seen ted lasso yet i heard it's good i gotta gotta get on that but 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 that's the thing yeah
1: but like ted lasso just like believing in yourself i think that's one of the things you know that teaches you but believing in yourself and believing that, you know, you could kind of come back from this seems to me. It's like your story. It seems like your, you know, your story about overcoming, you know, injury, overcoming, you know, this obstacle of going back to one of the schools that, you know, didn't want you and wasn't going to bring you back, but you come back and you earn your spot back. I mean, that's, that's the idea. That's the basic, I believe in yourself story right there. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really good. And I'm, I commend you for, you know, your work Same. ethic because it's a lot, that takes a lot of work. I'm sure this wasn't like, Hey, I'll skip a couple days. I'm sure you were probably working no, no. every day at this. Weren't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was no skip days and there's still no skip days, you know, even not as far as I am now, but I'll tell you what, it was so rewarding when he handed me the ball on Friday night and said this is or handed me the ball Thursday or Wednesday night before you know he's like prepare because you're the Friday night starter. I don't think he liked it. I could tell there was something that he was like, you proved me wrong. Like, you know, he, he didn't want to he, he didn't want to swallow his pride. And it made that feeling so much sweeter in my mind and my just the way I felt. But leading up to that, there were so many, you know, just Nights where I didn't sleep or I guess we'll say this sleepless nights, a lot of emotional nights, a lot of emotional phone calls. My mom, she was she was the uh she was always there no matter what, whether it was two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon. She was always there when it when I was, you know, needed a I don't want to say reassurance, but needed to needed put back in the right line. You know, yeah. there was a there were a few, i not a few, a lot of those phone calls were like, Mom, I don't you know, this is, this is taking over my life. It's, it's, it's not fun. It's like, I, I turn into a job. Like it just sucks. Like I hate it. And they, it would get emotional. I would break down and, you know, she would listen. She was good about that. And she would just say a few, a few simple things. You know, she didn't need, she didn't need to give me a 20 minute spiel. She just would say a few lines, whatever it may be that day. And it was exactly what I needed to hear every time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting about moms. Um it's like I you know I ha I'll have conversations with my mom too, not not necessarily about baseball, but I'll I'll call her up. I'll you know be like you did, you know, you have a rough time, you call them up and they just I think just the ability to listen. Um yeah. but you know, like you said, it's 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 kind of crazy to know that they only have to say a few words and you feel like a ton better. Um, you know, what's one thing that you know like that mom said to you that just really clicked and was just like all right you know i could i'm gonna go back to do this i got it mom thanks so much
0: honestly it was just a lot of it was remember that i love you and that everything you've done you've made us so proud to this point Mm -hmm. hearing that it's like well i don't want to stop making you proud so why would i quit now so it was almost like the instant turnaround Mm -hmm. and it was and it, she still does it to this day (laughs) I don't, I don't have too many of those phone calls anymore, but after a rough night, she's like, listen, Josh, you, you know, you you sucked. You had a bad night. Well, I watched (laughs) like, yeah, (laughs) Mom. I I know. (laughs) Like I can chuckle about it. I'm like, come on. Like, all right, I get it. And like, just that laugh right there that I can, that she can bring out of me just instantly makes me feel better. And she's like, listen, you know, I'm still proud of you no matter what. He's like, she's like your career could end tomorrow. And I still would, You know, she's like, you're not a failure to me. You've done everything you wanted to do, and then some, and had to jump through a lot of hoops and over a lot of hurdles to come back. It's, you know, it's impressive. She's, she said this the other day. She's like, it's impressive what you've done after having all these injuries and coming back and continue to keep doing. She goes, I would have quit a long time ago if I were you.
1: Yeah, so probably an inspiration from your for your mom. I I mean, she's the
0: inspiration. Her and my dad are the
1: inspirations for me. I try to be inspiration for kids that are younger than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, try, I try
0: to do that, but, you know, they've been, you know, everyone says they have a hero or something like that. Mine's always done my parents, and that always will be my parents.
1: Nice. Very cool. You get drafted in 2017 <laughs> by the Kansas City Royals. Um, you know, you're going through the draft, and then you finally hear your name called. You know, what was that that feeling like for you to hear your name called?
0: So I really didn't pay attention to the first day because I knew I wasn't going the first day. First two rounds of my gap. You know, I was projected anywhere from seven to 20. Like, or seven to 15 were my like, it was like my, my projection from scouts and coaches and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, you know, that's when I start paying attention. <laughs> seventh round goes nothing eighth ninth tenth I start getting calls in like the 12th or 13th They're like hey will you sign for a thousand dollars in this and I go uh no <laughs> I'll pass and uh so I kept going kept going and then the 20th round rolls around and I'm like what in the I'm like what in the hell is going on <laughs> I'm like like I was projected all these you know seven through 15 and I got one call in on the tenth, or two calls on the 10th and all of a sudden I'm done like it's Whatever. So I had gotten so mad. I'm like, I'm just gonna go sit outside. I ain't doing anything. Just leave me alone, mom and dad. And so <laughs> my parents just my parents throw the draft tracker on that MLB TV pops up, and my phone starts ringing. And I'm like, I'm like, it's probably one of my friends playing a playing a joke on me because my buddies were big into it too. Like, oh, Josh, listen, this is... I had some some guys, some teammates that researched on what teams needed. <laughs> 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 I was like. They were all about it. These are some of my high school buddies were all in on it. They they were all for it. They, you know, they wanted me to succeed. And I was so fed up. I was like, ah, I'm done with this. I'm going back to school. Great. So, phone rings and I don't, I'm like, I'm not going to answer it. Rings again. Not it. It's like still the same call. Ring. Nothing. I'm like, now, not looking at it. Rings again t- twice. Third time. I'm like, all right. I should probably pick it up. <laughs> look at it. Look at the number. I'm like, Kansas City, Missouri. I'm like, who in the world is calling? Oh, I slid, answered it. And then he goes, the scout that called me, he goes, hey, Josh, uh, turn on the TV. So I and so I'm like, mom, check it. And she recorded it with the, you know, the 22nd round. The Kansas City Royals left in a, left in a pitch of Josh Mitchell. I was like, all right, we've, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. So that, you know, you get, get picked by the Kansas City Royals. Uh, to go play for them you've been in their uh farm system now for uh, a couple years what's that experience been like for you coming up through the royals farm system and now in um double a ball with the uh w- wichita
0: well so as, i mean when i was in kansas City, they were a great organization that took care of me through some ups and downs injuries stuff like
1: that oh i'm sorry then- you're in minnesota now Sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm in Minnesota now. Yeah, but I, you know, I thank Kansas City every time we talk. Someone asked me about this because they gave me a chance. They they took the chance on um on a kid that kind of struggled a lot, had his ups and downs, more downs than ups in college. But uh, they gave me a chance, and I ran with it. And now, thankful the Minnesota Twins gave me another opportunity, even even an even better one. You know, in the, with the rule five. So. We're uh, we're taking this one and we're running with it. And that's the biggest thing is when you get the opportunity, you don't let it go. And that's mm-hmm. what I'll tell to everybody. I might not be the, I might not throw the hardest. I might not be the best, you know, have the best stuff or the most talented. But having the opportunity is all that matters. People bitching and complaining about money or stuff like that. The opportunity is what is what means the most. And you got to take advantage of it when you do get it.
1: Yeah, and I will say this target field is really, really nice field. By the way, yeah, have been, I've heard. I've been I've the target heard. field, and it's it's amazing. I don't think it's like one of those you could take it just put anywhere else. It's it's perfect for where it is. So, and I do apologize about misinformation on there. It, it you no, got to my Kansas City, and now you are with the Minnesota Twins farm system. So I do apologize. and yeah. Correct myself. Um, so you're with this w- Wichita. Um, how is that? I mean, you you know i know you got hurt this year but how how was that experience for you with wichita it
0: it was great i love my teammates we i it was a it was a special group and and then i played on some good teams and but that was a special group to me just because we all had fun when the time was that when there was time to have fun no one really screwed up or messed around it but then it was time to have when it was time to go to work and take care of business we did you know and it was a uh, we had a nice combination of older and younger guys mixed together, um, and we had – all we wanted to do was play baseball, and it was like I couldn't have been in a better situation. I was, like, in heaven with that. All, all we wanted to, wanted to do was play ball. It was great.
1: And how did, how did you get hurt this year?
0: Well, <laughs> I think it had been just, you know, years of wear and tear on the elbow. Um, it hadn't felt the best in the last year and a half, two years, I would say. But I thought that, you know, I'm like, listen, I'm getting older, my bounce back or recovery isn't the best. So maybe it's just the new norm. I didn't think anything of it, didn't get an MRI, or nothing crazy. And then six year, or five, six innings into the season, uh my UCL pops.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I felt it. Um I felt the pop, but I, at the time, like I was so, you know, it was the ninth inning of the game. I was so focused on the the outing that I thought my elbow had just cracked. I could, you know, just nice little quick quick little, like, wake up in the morning, pop, all right, I'm ready to go. I had no pain, no tingling, nothing. And I get on the mound and my catcher calls a fastball. And I just, God, great. Here we go. Let's reach back and reach back and throw by this dude. I threw it. It was 84 miles an hour with the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. And I just, like, I winced. And I caught the, and he called time as soon as he caught it. He came running out. He goes, "You good? What's what was that?" I go, "I'm my like, listen, man. I'm like, I blew my elbow out." And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, my, uh, I'm like my UCL popped. It, it, it's gone." Uh, and he goes to reach for the trainer. I go, "No, listen. It's a Sunday day game. We're not burning anybody else. I'll finish the inning. But every time you throw a, fa- every time you throw a fastball down, just know it's not coming very hard. And if anyone asks, I'm just throwing jingles." He goes. He goes, Are you sure i'm like yeah we'll, we'll figure it out and um finished the inning in the most immense pain of my life i ended up giving up a run but in the most immense pain of my life and i went and sat down and they tied the game up and i was a little pissed but we ended up losing the game but i went and sat down and i go i go to my trainer i'm like listen we need to we, something's not right he goes what do you mean i'm like we need to go to the training room he goes well, why because i can't straighten my arm right now and it's swallowed up all that stuff he goes back and Does all the UCL tests? The one thing leads to another. I get an MRI to the next day, and then there we are. (laughs) We find out that we find out two days after the MRI or a day after the MRI that I have a torn UCL, uh, got a couple tears in my flexor tendon as well. I got some bone spurs. So pretty much, I had the uh, trifecta of everything you could possibly have in an elbow. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. But you had the surgery; it was successful and you're on the road to recovery right now and how how are you doing personally and where are you at in your recovery
0: so this past Wednesday I actually just made it 12 weeks uh, from post-op um I am living my best life in southwest Florida right now I really am I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the beach I'm enjoying the teammates that I do have here I'm in, you know um, I completely restructured my I want to say this, and I'm gonna be honest, I completely restructured my entire life to just focus on baseball. My priorities are finally set and where they need to be. And it's uh it's been fun to see like the takeoff the rehab. You know, I started rehab at 215 pounds, and the goal was to leave rehab in March, next March at 230. And right now I'm 242 pounds. You know, the the amount of you know weight and strength that I've gained. Is it's unbelievable and the amount of betterment of myself, just realizing what I can do to better myself and talking with a sports psychologist, it's it's I've I'm living my best life, yes. And I'm living in the best version of myself that I've ever I could have ever possibly dreamed of. And you know, and I'm 26 years old and I'm so happy that I found it at a young age because I know people that walk through life that are just miserable, that are upset, and they're just mad. And I never wanted to be that, but I didn't think I was ever going down that route. Well, sitting down with the sports psychologist once a week, face to it, face, it's it's changed my life. It really has. And just being in, you know, being in a good environment, being in a healthy environment, being in a healthy state of mind, just made me, you know, the best version of myself.
1: Excellent. That's good to hear. Um, you know, you don't really, to be honest, you don't get a lot of people who are willing and free, freely willing to talk about something such as um, health and men- mental health and being able to put that out there. But I, I hope that you talking about it, just like some others helps somebody else to be willing to to talk about it and, and go get that help because, you know, definitely mm-hmm. I know being a combat veteran myself, like I understand like what it means to have to go talk to somebody and yeah. hey, maybe there's not that great feeling, but you feel good coming out the other side though. So you
0: really do. and And that was, and that was the biggest thing to, you know, in a, Clubhouse full of these, you know, these, you know, I guess, you know, high-end elite athletes, like sometimes asking for help goes through, you know, goes out the door because you don't think you need it. You're you you do not think it's like you don't know how to ask for help is have you ever, you know, some of these athletes here, some of these guys are like they've never asked for help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it just builds up and builds up and builds up. So where they're at the breaking point and something bad happens. So I saw Tommy John rehab as the perfect time to make sure to really fine tune my mental skills excuse me and my mental uh, health and it's been the best decision of my life it really has
1: yeah and um when do you think you are are you back throwing yet or at what point will you be throwing i'm not you know clearly i'm not overly familiar with where you are at Mm -hmm. with your rehab but at what point do you anticipate throwing if you haven't been already
0: so i chose I chose the accelerated program. The doctor and I kind of talked it out, and he's like, "He's like, you're a perfect candidate for it." So next week, actually next Monday, I start throwing a baseball. <laughs> wow. be, uh, thirteen weeks, yeah. Right, it's I'm sure. Thirteen week mark. You're oh, excited <laughs> inside. Oh, uh, it, it, it's not just the inside it's outside too
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean for those it's of you can't see this they clearly are gonna be able to see this but there's this huge smile it's like this little white coming through this big dark beard that i can see <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's there it's uh it's unreal and you know
0: i'll flick a baseball every now and then and it's like i'm just so excited to actually be able to throw it forward <laughs> yeah just have in my hand and just like yeah, I've done some conditioning on the field and stuff like that, but nothing beats lacing up your spikes, putting your hat on and grabbing your glove and going out to the field. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing beats that. And just knowing that I get to pick this baseball up and throw it, I think it's only be like 45 feet the first couple of days, but I get to throw it that far to someone again after how horrendous my elbow was. Like it's, it, even if I don't ever play another inning, that's a win for me.
1: Yeah. So, Last couple questions for you. We're going to take a little bit different route here. Um, All right. What's your your favorite baseball movie?
0: Movie? Oh man, (laughs) there's so many good ones. Um, You're killing me here. I really. So I'm not a sappy field of dreams guy. Good movie. Not that's (laughs) not that's it's too sappy for me. Um, I honestly have to say Major League.
1: (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yes. Yes.
0: And funny story about that. In 2015, I actually had the wild thing haircut for the Harbor Cats. <laughs> oh, you did? You had the Ricky Bond? I, I had the Rick. I had my roommate do the Rick Bond in the back of my head, the lightning bolt.
1: <laughs> oh, that is perfect. I gotta, I gotta ask Jim or somebody if they have a picture of that.
0: There, there's it's got to be out there somewhere
1: it has okay to. i'm gonna look for that because i i want to find it i want to repost it on <laughs> repost it's so like I, I, get... I
0: also had a great hammer bar mustache too there's, nice there's, there's, there's pictures out there
1: nice i i kind of imagined you like messing around being the type of guy that would like grow a mullet out and just have like rock the mullet too <laughs>
0: <laughs> i see that's the thing up top it's always like the fade, you know whatever yeah. it may be but I'll I'll mess around with some stuff on the face. I'll do that. Like we're gonna have like Christmas time. I'm gonna I'm gonna dye my beard white. I'll be Santa Claus. Like <laughs> 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 yeah, I, nice. I, yeah. That that's that's me. I'm that kind of
1: guy. Nice. Um. Last last question that I want to ask. Um. And it's going back to, uh, you know, Jim and and his group back in, yep. Victoria. Um. You know if if you're going to have a kid who's either in high school, a high school senior going, going into his freshman year of college, or you have an underclassman who's um, playing ball, you know, how would you describe to them? Like, Hey, really go check Victoria out and, you know, go check the West coast league out. What what would you say to them? I would give them there. I would give
0: them, uh, Jim's number and say, "Listen, you're going to talk to him for ten minutes, and he's going to have you already buying your ticket after the end of the phone call." <laughs> 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 he really is. He's a he's he's a man of many talents. He really is. He's a hell of a salesman when it comes to, when it comes to the Harvard Cast. But I would give him the rundown. I would be like, "Listen, the bus rides are going to be long. Um, Competition is going to be good. You're going to play in front of a lot of fans. Like, w- what else could you ask for? I know there's the cape and everything, so." that's so glorified, but like you want to get down and dirty and you actually want to get better. I'm telling you the West coast league is where it's at. They're not yeah. just about winning, which winning secondary to a lot of teams, except for when we had Greg, cause that's all we, that's all we cared about. Um, but the development as a person, as a player, like it gives you the best opportunity. Plus you get to experience some new culture You're living in Canada. Like I know it's not much different, but it is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to experience some stuff and not a lot of people get to say they do. So yeah, that was my big, that would be my biggest thing. And plus you know, success leaves clues. Like there was a reason I went back. I had such a great year. So look at my numbers and look, just look at what here and then you apply that to yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know one last thing before we end it. I know, you know, when I was talking with Jim, he's always like, go tell Josh to say, you know, ask him about Mr. Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, oh he told
0: you that huh yeah he told me <laughs> <you, it's> like <laughs> uh, yeah all right so that's a respect thing i you know uh, I, my parents really you know i want to say beat in the respect part so yes ma'am no ma'am all that mr missus kind of thing and uh from the moment i got to victoria in 2015 it was mr swanson this mr swanson that i never really called him jim and uh Every now and then I'll do it just to like tease him. I'll call him Jim, but, uh, see if he, see if he picks up on it, but it's still Mr. Swanson. And he's like, you just call me Jim. I go, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's like, it's like it goes against everything, everything I was taught, how I was raised, everything. But, uh, every now and then, like I said, I'll give him a little Jim to like, you know, make him feel good about himself. I things he went in and then call (laughs) Mr. Swanson like 10 minutes later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jim, if you're listening now, now you got the story. Now you know what's good. Now you know what's coming. So, you welcome for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you know, I I have the same thing. Like, I know when I reached out to you, I was like, Mister Mitchell, and you know, just you know, level of courtesy, you know, and I think yeah. our parents were the same in that perspective of, hey, you know, you, your elders are, are there or any other person just out of respect. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And you, and it, the thing is, and too, it's kind of like a, it's kind of gone by the wayside as the years have gone on. Yeah. Um, I'm I'll will be down here in Florida and say yes ma'am, no ma'am, and somebody look at me and be like, I'm like, I'm like, what I do? <laughs> I'm like, it's just a respect. That, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything bad. It's, yes sir, no, sir. And they kind of look look at you. It's like and the I did it to somebody when we were out to eat. The guy like looked at me like he was kind of taken back. I'm like, I'm like, did I say something wrong? Did I offend you? He goes, No, I just haven't heard that in such a long time.
1: Yeah. So, Some people like yeah. it you know, and they, they know, see that there's respect. And then there's some people like, Hey, you know, I look around, like, I think you're talking to my dad when you're, you're telling yeah. me that. So, um, but Josh, this has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking time um, out of your schedule and your rehab to join me on the podcast. So thank you so much.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, man. I know we've kind of like we've been playing phone tag with this for a little bit, but uh, you're busy, I'm busy. I'm glad we got to sit
1: down and do this. It was a great time. It was. It was a great time. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds of Roses podcast. As always, I'm your host Ben and Josh. Thanks once again for joining us. Peace out.